All right. We, we've been dealing with the last two weeks, the son of man in glory. And for me, this has been some, some things that I really haven't seen at this uh, level or place of understanding. I, I've read it, the Son of Man in Glory, but a lot of the time I thought of the Son of Man mostly according to the old man, the natural man, just from a viewpoint of the natural man. And the first view of the Son of Man is the natural man, I believe. You have, at least to us, maybe not God's viewpoint, but, but to us, is you have humanity, you have mankind. And, of course, from mankind, you have a Son of Man. Now, Jesus became a Son of Man. Christ, being in the form of God, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man. And I'm going to say some things before I go to the scripture and try to, to say what I believe I see here. Christ came into man, son of man. Now, the son of man in glory, though, if in, I believe if we're not careful, we'll try to put the old man in glory. And to rightly divide the understanding here, the first man, Christ coming into the Son of Man, he puts the first man to death, which we know and we teach. But he brings forth out of himself one new man. And this one new man is the increase of himself. So to me, when it speaks of the Son of Man in glory, that's what I believe I see is that Jesus was raised up by the glory of the Father. And in that is both Son of God and Son of Man. And the Son of Man, I believe, is, the, is speaking of the increase of Christ. The Son of Man in glory. Now, the Son of Man, according to the flesh, of course, is, is the natural man. And you that man increased in, in Adam. And you say, well, where do you get all this from, Brother Wayne? Well, I get it from Scripture. <laughs> I, that's where I get it from. And, and I believe I've seen it by the Spirit. In, in John 8, I was going to read uh, Daniel and uh Matthew uh, 26 first, but I'll probably start in John 8 and just go with what I'm thinking and just kind of quote to you uh, the book of, of Daniel, the Son of Man coming, which bring it to our minds, whether I quote it or not, the Son of Man came to the Ancient of Days, and he received dominion and power and a kingdom. And there in that day uh, of, the, of the closing out of the Old Testament, everything answered to that statement that the Son of Man was exalted. Maybe I should read Daniel. So he's exalted. He's brought to the Ancient of Days. He's exalted on high. 
Now that is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, not at that point, I don't believe that's speaking of every man, but it's speaking of Christ. But as he comes, he comes in a many-membered man. And that's what I mean by the Son of Man increasing, this many-membered man increasing in the earth, giving expression to the Son of God. Now, what I believe we have to be careful with is sometimes we try to bring the old man across that, and I don't believe he comes across. He's dead. And I believe that was the judgment that even come into Israel when, when Jesus was raised from the dead and why all that old had to be done away with is that a judgment came into Israel there that the old was done. So judgment began to come through the apostles. Just like we read last week that judgment was given to the saints of God, and when they began to declare the truth in Christ, it was bringing a judgment to the old system that had been in place, and it was complete, it was finished, it was done, and therefore it was removed. Now, I'm going to say this to you. I believe this same judgment comes into our hearts. The judgment of the cross. That everything of the old begins to be removed in his coming. Now, we've taught that for years. That the old man's dead. The old nature's dead. The old, uh, you, you know, Adam doesn't dwell here. You can go on and on. So, so, so that judgment comes in the coming of the Lord. The revealing of Christ, it comes, it comes along with it. So, so there in Daniel, and, and we're going to work our way back into John 8, I believe. That's where I wanted to work. But we'll, we're going to work our way through this in Daniel chapter 7. It says, Verse 9, and I beheld to the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fire stream issued and came forth from before him. Would that not be the Holy Ghost, that fiery stream coming out of God, the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Ghost in fire? But anyway, a fiery stream issued and came from forth from before him, thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Now, I, I did this last week, and I'm tempted to do it again, uh, just as a refresher. This 
set of scripture here in Daniel finds its conclusion in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and chapter 5. In chapter 4, you see, I believe, the picture of the Ancient of Days sitting on the throne. Okay? That's what you see. John saw. So John saw the Ancient of Days. He saw God on the throne. And then he saw one appear in the midst of the throne, loosing the seals of the book. In chapter 5. So chapter 5, the lamb appears. And you find there in chapter 5, multitudes ministering unto him, unto the Lamb. You find there in chapter 5 that of every tongue, every nation, every people has come to the Lamb. He's given dominion. So what I believe began to be established there in the destruction of Israel is really his dominion. So the old couldn't stand because of his dominion. Because if the old stood, see, because the old was instituted of God, right? If the old stood, see, people would still go back to the old, and, and in their heart, that's what they still do. But, but if it stood in place, you would, you would have had these people continually moving there. But see, God was, was done with that because the truth had come. So everything that went on there, what we call 70 AD and the consummation of the age and everything that was, was coming into conclusion was because the lamb was in the throne and the judgment was open. So everything was now coming forth of the lamb. Nothing of the old could remain. Now, that same judgment comes into our hearts. Nothing of the old can remain. Okay. And Paul declares that through his epistles. You're dead to the law. You're dead to the old man. You're dead to the world. I'm crucified to the world. The world is crucified to me. So that judgment that began there in Jerusalem is the same judgment coming into our hearts. Now, what we're alive to is this new man. This new man in glory. See, the old man never come to glory. But Jesus brought many sons unto glory. And and what I believe I see is this son of man is, is this that comes out of Christ. Is Christ in his body. The son of man coming in glory. I know, I'm not seeing this as the old man coming in glory. I'm seeing it as him coming in glory and the increase of him. Okay. Now look at John 8. In, in thought of this, look at John 8. Jesus says in John chapter 12, I mean chapter 12, I'm saying chapter 8, but chapter 12, verse 20. And 
There were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was the Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip comes and tells Andrew, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now, now look here close. He that loveth his life, his soul, this is the word soul, suke, shall lose it. And he that hateth his soul in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Okay. Now, I, I would love the translators to translate this as soul. That's what this word in two places, he that loveth his life, that's the same word as soul, shall lose it. And he that hateth his life, his soul, in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Now, life eternal is a different Greek word, zoe which I believe is spiritual life, God life. And the other two words for life is soul life, self life. Okay. Now, if I go back, Brother Dale and I were talking about this. If I go back to Genesis and define the word soul from Genesis, I'm going to flip back there for a minute. You keep your place here in, in uh, John. But just for a moment, if we go back to Genesis uh, chapter, what is it? One when he made man a soul, it's a word nephesh, nephesh, I probably pronounce it perfect. I'm kidding saying that. God bless them. Well, he made man here. And I'm trying to find where the word soul is at. Is that in chapter 2? Yeah, chapter 2, a man became a living soul. And the word nephesh or nephesh means a living being, self, person, desire, passion, appetite, emotion. So soul was the being, okay, according to... The Hebrew. I know we like to use the Greek, but according to the Hebrew, he made man a being. He had a being. Now, his being was according to the flesh. Now, Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, the first man, this living soul, was according to the flesh. First man is of the earth, earthy. Okay. So his identity, identification, when we use the word identity, it's identification. What he identifies with is the earth. So everything he sees is out of the earth. 
Everything he knows is out of the earth. Okay. That's a soul man. First man. And Jesus says in John 12, unless you lose your soul life. I says that, and I believe it recorded that way in Matthew, but where we read in John, where we were just at, how does he say that exactly? He says, he that loveth his soul shall lose it. And he that hateth his soul in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Now, now I, I'm going to flip over to Philippians, and Paul's dealing with his being there in Philippians chapter 3. If we flip over there real quick. And Paul's desire is to be found in Christ. So if I, if I look, look here in chapter 3, Paul says in verse 8, he says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. See, see what Jesus said, unless you lose your soul, your life, your self-life. And Paul told you his self-life, what he had. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was, he was this prestigious man, according to the Jew, Jewish system, right? We all know that. What he says is, I count all things, what? Loss. Now, would this not be the same thing he says in Romans, reckon yourself dead? I count all things lost. Reckon yourself dead. So he's counting himself lost. He's counting himself dead. He's saying, my excellence of being is no good. Okay? But what, what's he after? What's he after? For, he says, yeah, yeah, I count all things but lost for the excellency of what? The knowledge, the knowing of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb. I, the reckoning, so Paul's doing a reckoning, accounting here. He's saying, I'm counting them. Dumb. That I may win Christ and be found in him right here not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So here we find, unless you lose your life, you shall not find life. Dealing with your soul. See, so I'm going to have to read that again in John 8 and let it sink in here. It's coming to me. Look at it again. Read this again in John 8 with the thought of, of Philippians here. or John. I keep saying John 8, John 12. Excuse me. John 12. Get this in your head, Wayne. John 12. <laughs> Verily I say unto you, 
the hours come, the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die. It abides alone, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He that loveth his life, soul life, shall lose it. And he that hateth his life, soul life, shall keep it. He's going to be found in life eternal. So he, the, this is the being, our being, our soul, is now found in Christ, quickened together with him. So our being was in Adam, an earth man. That's all it was. I know I hear people, I said this last week, I hear people saying what they used to be before they became an earth man, and I'd say, okay. But what he has done is brought us into the death of Christ that our being would be found in another, being found in him. Now, this is the quest of the heart. The deep recess of our being is to be found in, in Christ. The deep recess of our soul, our heart, is to be found in Christ. Right? Absolutely. That's, that's what we're after. So, so I, what I'm seeing here in Philippians, Paul's reckoning, he's telling you, I've suffered the loss of all things. I'm reckoning myself dead. See, because the judgment, the same judgment came up on all Israel that all this is fulfilled, all this is complete, all this has been put away. Had come to Paul. That's why Paul could write it because he saw it. He saw it was all fulfilled, it was all complete, it was all put away. And what he was doing was declaring it, was expressing it into the earth that it would be manifestly declared. That there would be a manifest declaration of everything God had done in Christ at the cross into the earth. And he wrote it in letters and sent it to the church that the church would come into the seeing of the Lord in this measure. That not only was the old fulfilling done away with, so was your old man. It, the, the, the root of the tree, the ax is laid to the root of the tree. It goes not just to the Israel, but all the way back to the old man. He is hewn down. But our being, see, we were, in, we were part of that old man. Our being has been translated, just like Paul says, we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Yes. So, we're, so we've been moved through the work and power of God. We're moved into a new man. This man's not an earth man. See, see, 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to look at a couple other places. 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm going to read it 
out of the Young's or, or the new, I, I'm actually going to read it out of the New American Standard version here. And it says, the first man, verse 45, so it, also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. I know, I know the King James says the Lord from heaven. Okay. And I know Christ is the second man. But if I look at the Greek here, even in the King James, and I'm going to do it in the King James so I don't mess up, because I have messed up once or twice. The word Lord is second man, Lord, from out of heaven. So the word Lord is in the King James. In the other translations, it says from heaven. So what it's dealing with is a earth man and a heavenly man, okay? It's dealing with two kinds of men. That's what the scripture is really dealing with. The New American Standard says the first man is from, or the second man is from heaven. So, so when I go to John 3 and Jesus says you must be born of spirit, you must be born again. Look, flip with John 3 with me for a moment. John 3. And, and these wonderful born-again scriptures that we know. Now, there's, there's a power in these born-again scriptures. He, he says, Verily, verily, verse 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay? And the reason for that is the kingdom of God is spiritual, is of spirit. Verse 6, he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Is this not the same thing Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, the first man's of the earth, that which is born of flesh is flesh. The second man is the Lord from heaven. But that of spirit, see, see that of spirit is from heaven. He goes on and says, Marvel not that it said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell when it, where it comes and whether it goes, so is everyone that is born of spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man have ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, the son of man, which is in heaven. So, so here, this son of man, uh, who, who he reveals himself, you know, to Peter as the Christ, the son of the living God, is, uh, is out of heaven. His origin is not earth. Okay. His origin wasn't the earth. His origin was God. All right. So he came out of God, just like he said, and he returned back to God, just like he said. 
You believe I come out of God, he says, I believe in John 16, and I'm returning back to God. So he originated not out of the first man. How many believe that? Yes. He come out of God into man to put the first man to death, to make in himself a new man. So the new man is made in himself. That's why the new man is the Lord from heaven, is, is, is Christ in increase, the corn of wheat falling in the ground and dying. Son of man from heaven, not the man from the earth, but the man from heaven. Now, what he does to you and I is he takes us out of the earth man through death. Now, we say, well, we still have an earth body. Sure, we do. We still have relationships in earth, but our life is from heaven. Our life is Christ from heaven. See, we... See, we're finding our identity in Christ from heaven. See, here's where we're created as a new creation. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2. This is our creation. It says, verse 11, Wherefore, remember that you, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, what a, what a powerful word. In Christ Jesus, you here, here's, the, here's what makes this real. In Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he's our peace who have made both one and have broken down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself. If you mark anything down I've said tonight, mark this down. To make in himself of twain or of the two, one new man, so making peace. He makes the two, Jew and Gentile, one new man in himself. Get a hold of that. Where does he make the Jew and Gentile one new man at? In himself. What does he do to the Jew and Gentile? Verse 16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. He puts them to death. <laughs> He, he reconciles the Jew and Gentile into his death and crucifies him. That's why Paul understood this and said there's neither male, female, Greek, or Jew in this new creation. Because the, the old man has been put to death. The Jew and Gentile here has been put to death, and the new man is Christ in increase. Christ in increase. Unless a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides along. So he fell in the ground and died to increase in a many-membered man. So he increases in us. Right? And we come forth in him. 
So our being, just like Paul said, I, that I may be found in him, that my being, my soul, that's, that's my being, my soul, me, would find its identity not in self, life, soul life, but in Christ's life. Yes. Not I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. And see, this transpires, you, you know, in the new birth, I believe it's it's a multi, if you can say it, a multi-dimensional process. He's comes into us, okay? That's part of the new birth. We say Jesus came into my heart, but what happened is we were birthed into him. So we were birthed again. Okay. Peter writes it this way, being born again by incorruptible seed. Now, now some people, and I, and I probably used to think this way, would quote that scripture, and I was going to read it. They would quote that scripture and say, well, that means we're being born again. And I, and I, and I want to say, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's that's kind of being bold, ain't it? <laughs> the the being born again means to beget. You you have been born again, being having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So it's dealing with you have now been born anew again of incorruptible seed. See, the, see the, the uh, New American Standard says, for you have been born again as something that has taken place. You have been born again through God, created of God in Christ. See, that's the new birth. That's what's happened to us through the work of the cross and through his coming or revealing in our heart, we come to know that. That's what we're doing. We're coming to know what God has done in Christ. To you and I, to everything, to his expression. And to me, that's what I believe I see is this son of man in glory, because this man is birthed of God. This man ain't birthed of Adam. This man is birthed of God. See, Jesus, as the son of man, was in Adam, you know, in, in the flesh, but he was birthed. He was son of God in man. Now, we are birthed in him. So we are a continuation of him. So we're put to death to Adam. See, see part of me, and, and I'm just going to let some things out here, and, and you all can measure them out, and the Lord can correct me, and because uh, I feel like I have an audience where I can say things. I believe Jesus was already dead to sin when he walked in the earth. Now, he physically died to sin, 
But I believe the nature of sin was already dead to him. That he was that when Satan came to him, see Satan couldn't touch him. You remember that when Satan came to Jesus, he he said he could find nothing in me. Why? Because he was he told him he said the Son of Man is from heaven. He was out of God. He was another nature. And see, had he fallen like Adam, I believe anyway, then then there would have been no hope for us. But see, he come and demonstrated who he was and the nature that he was in the earth where Adam couldn't demonstrate that. Jesus come and Christ come and demonstrated the nature he already was in God before he ever came in the earth. That's what I believe. And then he brings you and I into what he is. See, because he come into that and he died to it. He didn't die in it. He didn't become like Adam and become... Susceptible to Satan, he died to it, freeing us from it because he baptized us into his death, which freed us from the penalties there. It freed us from the law. It freed us from the old man. It freed us from the curse. It freed us from Satan because Jesus died to it. And we're put to death in his death, and then we're joined to his life. And so Paul, I believe, is getting a hold of this, and he cries out that I might be found in him. So he's seeing a life that was unlike any life that had ever been lived in the earth, which was the life of Christ. God manifest in the flesh. I always do that that pleases the Father. Yes, that's what he did. All always. What's always mean? I do it. He's saying I do it all the time because the nature he is is the nature of God. Yeah, and 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 our salvation is he's brought us out of the nature of Adam into himself his very own nature, himself. Now, we don't have it separate from him. See, see, none of this is true separate from him. So that's that's the part sometimes that, that I think we wrestle with is we try to look at this. I think a believers a lot of times try to look at this separate from Christ. Like they're going to get it themselves, separate. I would go, no, 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 no. (laughs) You're you're joined to him. You're only getting this in him. That's grace. What he is is applied to you because he lives in you. So, So do you get it? Sure. But you get it because he lives in you. You don't get it because... You, you, you finally matured in yourself and come to this place through your own being. No, 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 no. You get it because he lives in you. You live in him. Or you're found in him. But he lives in you. And I think that sometimes becomes the struggle because we try to obtain this. 
and see this in ourselves. And that's where Paul says, well, I count it all lost. I've lost everything for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And Paul even comes to a place where I want it lost. He not only lost it, but he wants it gone. I reckon it dead. I, I'm, I'm done with it. That I might win Christ. Well, well, that's to me, this salvation, Christ living in me. Because I can't obtain it myself. I can't, I can't climb to this certain place where I've got it. No, he's got it. But he's my life. Now, what I can do is know my life. Yeah. And, and I believe we can become an expression of our life because the power of that is Christ. But we individually aren't going to just climb up this ladder and become this, I don't believe, this super saint that's just like Jesus in ourselves. But can we express Jesus? Absolutely, because he's our life. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're connected to him. He's connected to us. We're found in him. Now, I hope and pray that really minister to you. It really ministering to me as, the, as I'm speaking to you. The Lord's really ministering to me. So I, I pray and believe he's ministering to you. So I'm going to stop here. And we'll continue on in this new man. Because that's what we're, we're talking about is this new man and this judgment that come up on the old. And what we're declaring in the earth is this new man. And, and the ministry of this new man is Christ. Nothing else can minister. The law can't minister this new man. You know that? The law, the law showed a type and a shadow of a man in, in, the, in the character and nature of God, but it really couldn't minister. Christ himself, the life, the spirit, the word of life himself is what's ministering this new man to us. He's the ministry of it, and we're ministering him because we're receiving it. We're receiving this life. This life's flowing through us, and it's Christ in us that's flowing. Well, God bless you. I, I will stop right here.